Welcome to Bundle Buddies, the podcast where we play indie games from itch.io and elsewhere. My name is Alexander Honnett. And my name is Eric Taylor Roth. And our producer is Matthew Haddock. Uh, we were inspired to play through the itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality when it was launched in June 2020. It raised over $8 million for charitable causes. We now play through that bundle, other bundles, and other games that celebrate the spirit of indie gaming and social justice. This is episode 65, and we played 184 of the 3,451 games in our bundles that we promised to play all of them. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us today. Alex, I played video games all weekend, and let me tell you, it felt good. I didn't go out. I didn't go drinking. I didn't go puking. I just hung out. I just hung out. And uh, and played some Apex Legends. And That's so a, nice. Do you, do you feel like pretty recharged, like restful and recharged? Yeah, yeah. I think I went to bed grumpy yesterday, and I think that that was a little bit of it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, we're living in a post-slap world right now. Did you watch the Oscars? Yeah. We haven't talked since this all went down. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's uh... that was weird. I was at an Oscars party, and it was I had I felt like I was having an out of body fucking experience, <laughs> man. <laughs> I never knew that like live TV could make me that uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, baby. It's a uh, wild time. It's a wild time. Truly. Um, what about you? What are you, are you playing anything? Did you play any video games this weekend? You know, I actually was zipping around this. This was like one of the busier weekends I've had, like since the pandemic started. We went to a basketball game on Friday, went on a mm. hike on Friday during the day. Mm. Saturday, we're popping around, um, went to like a park during the day. And that night um, I went to a party and then Sunday went to like a food festival. And then we recorded our podcast, obviously. And then I went to an Oscar party. Wow. So I know like we had the opposite. We had opposite weekends. It's true. And it's funny, too, because I feel like you and I usually talk at least once a weekend. I mean, we did talk this weekend. We we did. We recorded an episode. Yeah, but we didn't uh, recre- We didn't talk outside of the podcast. I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, it's funny because Camille went over to Ray's. Um, they did a uh, movie night. And, yeah. and uh, she asked if Ray... Um, had invited me out because he went and saw the Batman, I think. And he was like, I think Eric's probably playing video games. <laughs> ah, that's so good. And I was like, honestly, I was. I that's so right. good. That, I was our, like our, feeling our, our fellow Bundelieber, uh, Ray Gordon, guest oh, yeah. two on the podcast. Well, when I told him that, like, Kentucky Industries, me, a classic did I, episode. Did I tell you that he sent me a, um, he sent me like a YouTube video of how to get like, 50,000 runes a minute or something in Elden Ring. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> I, you know, I've been watching against the spirit of the game. I've been and, watching some Elden Ring streams uh, uh-huh. with people who are like a lot further along. And man, that game is just so wacky. There's just like so much going on in it. It's a. Uh... It's like a big, thick novel. I'm trying to like read an actual book, and uh, I keep getting interrupted by that big old video game. I'm almost through the audiobook of the first book of Wheel of Time, Ooh. Eye of the World, and it, it rocks. I oh, totally yeah? get yeah, I get why people are like, "Oh man, this series! I am so into it. It's it's great. Like I, I'm just like hooked." And now I'm trying to figure out audiobooks. Have you ever tried to buy an audiobook? Um, I've done like audible. 
So I've never done Audible before. I've just been getting stuff from the library, and that's normally great. I think that's like if anyone out there has like a library system near them that uses like digital loaning through like Libby or, or Overdrive or something like that, just do it. It's the best. It's it's completely. I read now, and I didn't read before. You know, Sick. since in like Chicago, but. You can use it to get audio audiobooks too. And normally it's great. You listen to an audiobook when you're out for a walk on the dog or going for a hike or something like that by yourself. But the Wheel of Time books are 30 hours. And so <laughs> you have to like you have like 30 days. So it's like you're committing to an hour a day, like every day, or like wow. two hours some days or something like that. So <laughs> If you borrow the book, like you really are like <laughs> you're like stressed. You're on countdown to get it done as fast as possible. It's crazy. Wow. I you could always you could like always go to the library and just read the last chapter. Like read whatever you didn't uh like cram into that uh <laughs> that thirty days. I love that idea. That'd be great. Maybe they have the book on tape at the library. I can actually borrow like the tape or something like that. Wow. Wow. Let's get into the. I think we should. We've let's do it. We, this is this is a really good episode. We've got a. a this one was a long time coming. We're joined by Jess Marchbank, uh, who is the center manager of the All Options Pregnancy Resource Center in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, back way back when, when we had Andrew Haywood, uh, your good pal, and now my pal, uh, <laughs> on, he recommended the All Options uh, Who's Your Abortion Fund as uh the the cause to support and we donated to them we heard back from them just like thanking us for the donation which is always nice when a cause we donate to does that and it was a real person that we heard back from so i just reached out and was like if there's anyone in the organization who plays video games and we want to be on a podcast talking about their work and playing games and all that like let us know and that was in july 2021 and uh now we had jess on <laughs> like yeah. last, th this week so here we are you know, sometimes it just takes a little bit of time and uh, it's an incredible it's an incredible episode. It's really it good. is. It's That's really good. It, it's it's really nice to have on someone who is uh, plugged into actually making the world a, a much better place and working to support people directly. Yeah. Um, I, I Even with, you know, a lot of uh, charities or causes or anything like that, there's so much bureaucracy that goes into uh, running campaigns to get more money from people and stuff like that. But in this specific cause with, with uh, all options, it, your money really goes to the people who need it. Yeah. Um, in Indiana, which is, let's just say it kind of a disgusting state from a state government perspective. It's a <laughs> lot of really, really awful people legislating other people's bodies. Um, and donating to an abortion center there makes a big big difference for folks and yeah just goes into it quite a bit in the episode but normally we just sort of mention a cause specifically here that you can donate to directly and that is a little bit what's going on right now but we actually managed to catch jess, catch jess right as the hoosier all options abortion fund is participating in the national abortion access fundathon this year um so we can kind of we're going to donate to to the fund. They're only trying to raise thirty five grand. If you if you think about how much money gets raised for organizations uh, every year, thirty five grand is really not a lot to ask for. Especially, I mean, these bundles that we played uh, generated you know millions of dollars for folks. So um, your donation will go directly towards making sure that folks in Indiana get um, the kind of abortion care they need. But here's a little bit about the fundathon specifically. Um, in a nutshell, a fundathon is a month-long campaign where folks raise money for their Hoosier Abortion Fund on their easy-to-use website and help make abortion access a reality for their friends, family, and neighbors in the Hoosier state. 
Uh, Fundathon is a great way for supporters uh, like you to represent the Hoosier Abortion Fund in your network community. By using their online fundraising site, you can set up your own personalized fundraising page to benefit. You can direct your friends and family to it by email, social media, text, however you like to reach folks. Um, how can you get involved as a specific fundraiser for this? So not just donating, which we are encouraging you to do, but if you could raise some money and get involved to actually like fundraise yourself, that would be fantastic. You could fundraise solo or captain a team. Team captains lead the charge by recruiting a group of two or more friends to their fundraising team and encourage the team members to reach out to uh, to reach your group fundraising goal. Um so how do you start? You register at a website, fund.nnaf.org backslash Hoosier AF 2022. Uh, we'll uh, put that link on our website and on Twitter. Uh, once you register, you can use your online system and send emails to friends and family and ask them to join your team or donate. It's so easy that way. Uh, this is a really, really wonderful cause. <laughs> Restricting abortion access is a health issue, and uh, Indiana is a state that has been completely decimated by conservative policy, politicians and their uh, draconian policies. So this is a way to make um, an actual impact in people's lives that's very positive. So please consider um, donating or maybe even fundraising yourself. Uh, we're, we're we're looking into trying to, to do a little bit on our end too, so stay tuned. Maybe we'll, yeah. maybe, maybe we'll have some more going on there. I think that that's a, I think that's a really good idea. <laughs> Not just, I think we're getting really good at this podcast. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. <laughs> I think that's a really good idea. You, you yeah. know what? I do too. Uh, why don't we get into the episode? Uh, yeah. Jess is fantastic, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side. Sounds good. Uh, actually, both of the kids are gamers too. So. Oh wow! Oh, fun. Yeah, uh, I don't know what my teenager does exactly. <laughs> who, who does, dude? Are, what are they? What are they doing? There are certain things I'm sure about, um, but I mean, I, they they do some intense stuff with SCP. And I don't even know what that is. SCP Foundation. I know when uh, when Gray was like eleven or twelve, I found all these Google documents where they were going for a promotion on this on this game and it was it was really impressive i i had been like you play too many video games and then i was like oh you're basically writing this essay on why you should get promoted within your own game and um i backed off a lot after that <laughs> it's it pretty awesome so you know gray's just upstairs on discord gaming doing i don't really understand it anymore i'm too old that's crazy <laughs> so, i honestly love that though I, yeah. I don't know if we've had someone on who's kids are like uh gamer age you know what i mean there may be some some children that are like some of our friends have kids that are, are, are pretty unlike the younger side or something like that yeah. but to have be like what do you mind like sharing what that was like like when they got into, interested in video games or something like that oh absolutely it was actually so um gray's 16 now uh-huh. but Oh, I remember this really golden phase. So it was before the younger one was born, which means Gray would have been about eight. And uh, Gray and one of Gray's friends and me um, figured out how to play Diablo 2 all together in my house. Oh, cool. Um, like, <laughs> I'm still on Diablo 2, even though it didn't that come out in, like, 2000 it was a long time ago. <laughs> but that I think a, people that... are, like, people are still pretty yeah. high on that one. Yeah, people like, oh, like that one. I've it's tried funny. Diablo three and it's like, nah, no, I'm I'm cool with Diablo two. I think yeah. that's a, that's a popular. I, I'm pretty sure that's the popular like view out there is that they like really went for something with Diablo three and 
didn't quite get it right. Right. I played a lot of um, Civ three with them yeah. and Diablo two, and I don't remember what else. And it was just it was just awesome because you know, this tiny person that I've raised finally getting to a point where you can actually play something that I enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Having to do stuff that, that, that you like. But now the younger one is six mm-hmm. and is <sighs> Roblox. It's all Roblox. Well, the, that you know, is so funny. That's the, that's what I've heard. It's like, it's uh, th- that generation yeah. is just actually, Roblox. Yeah. The 16 year old still plays it too, oh, wow. uh, but more in a more sophisticated way. Um, but this morning, um, I promised, okay, well, this is what you do when you're a single parent or when you're me. I was like, I really want to watch one episode of the great pottery throwdown. (laughs) 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 The best feel good TV. It's just like the great British bake off, but it's, and it's so wholesome. And it's just, it's British too. It's British. And they have a lot of Irish people too. And I've been doing accent studies for my audiobook work. So it's like. You know, after a very stressful week, it's just, I just wanted to watch one episode. And so we made a deal. I told um, the little one who's six, uh, I will play whatever Roblox games you want. Because there are some Roblox games that I do enjoy, and they're not the same ones that he enjoys. (laughs) He wants to play Adopt Me, which I just, all of the games that he enjoys, I load them and and I'm suddenly just like, okay, I hate this. What? So what are the, like, I have to admit Roblox is something, I, I know it's basically just like a framework in which people build and like do other games and it, and younger children are completely obsessed with it. But yeah. what are the, what are the games that uh, your kid wants you to play? And like, what about them? Don't you like, like, what are you supposed to do in them? Is mm-hmm. it like adopt me? Is it like a pretend? Like, are you supposed to like role play or something like that? Sort of. You are either a baby or an adoptive parent. And I mean, it actually seems like it might be kind of fun, but I think this is going to get into what I would talk about with the games, the other games, which is I think having grown up, I'm 44. So I grew up with Texas Instruments and then Nintendo and then Super Nintendo. And, you know, you could only run in one direction. (laughs) It was, the goal was very, very apparent. There was no guessing. And what, a lot of people like in modern games is the free form and you can do anything. Right. And I'm exactly. like, no, <clears throat> I need a directive, please. <laughs> <laughs> I need a goal. And so when we, when we load up a game, that's just like, he's just running around and having a great time. I'm like, please tell me what to do. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to have fun. It's like, I don't, this is to not, me, that's fun. not fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you understand what's fun. About it. <laughs> it's just like the first time oh the first time my te- teenager got me to play minecraft in my defense i was hugely pregnant and alone uh, <laughs> what a great place to be okay incredible, all right you're about to say something like you're about to say something absolutely awful like i feel like you're you're like you're like and then i like burnt i threw the computer out the window well, I, I started crying. Oh, I, I okay. Well, that's not yeah, awful. I mean, 
I was just like, I can't do this. I can't figure it oh, out. No. And, and my kid, who was like nine and a half at the time, had to comfort me. It's okay, mom. Not everybody enjoys Minecraft. Uh, that's a great, um, I mean, you know, at that age, just be like, whoa, I, you know, I better like step in here and help out a little bit. <laughs> like, that's nice to just have that presence of mind. Like, you're fine. It'll be okay. So right. okay, I, do you have a first, like a, a first love as far as games? go yeah i mean i think it's got to be super mario brothers on the super nintendo the so like okay on the super nintendo so that that uh they're like that first super mario that came out with the world Mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah that is yeah we bought an emulator a couple years ago um and i figured out how to get that and i was just like this is the best game ever and both (laughs) like uh like why can you only go wonder actually in that one you could go back and forth that game had oh to a point yeah 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 um but i also before that when i was really young um i had an older brother who was eight years older and a huge geek and um we had a texas instruments you know you'd plug it into the tv it was just basically like a keyboard okay um and we figured out how to do uh to program a voice emulator so that was really good for prank calling before caller ID was a thing. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and we played like Parsec and Hunt the Wumpus. And those I still feel very warm and fuzzy about thinking about as well. Hunt the Wumpus is not Hunt a game I've Wumpus. ever heard of before. It sounds a little bit wrong now, now that it's the words are coming out. Um, it was a great game. I would love to play it again. I'm sure there's got to be like TI emulators out there. I'm, I'm sure there. there are. I think I did find a Parsec one once and and played it a little bit. Um, it was hard. But... For a, a few weeks ago, we played someone like tweeted this thing, but in Slovakia, when it was part of the Soviet Union, they like computing like was a, like a, a certain place where you know they basically weren't like creating homemade like Soviet computers that could play games. So there was a community of people that would like get imports of like Western computers and then design games. It was like the early sort of like culture around it. And it was kind of like, they were like teenagers who got into programming languages and then made games for their friends. And it was just Mm -hmm. like the, but it was also very dangerous because people found out about it that like you could get in trouble, you know, like, So these games, you can actually play them. And there's like, they, they had a special emulator to do it. We did it a few weeks ago for, for the podcast and they were wild and insanely difficult. Like oh, so, so hard, just like basically like little text mazes where you have to like, remember the directions you're going, kind of like paint like a map oh. in your mind and like read stuff to like figure out what's going on. Um, that sounds terrible. <laughs> is that sort of like what Hunt the Wumpus was? Hunt the Wumpus was very, very simple, and it was just like you had a. Like, I do love a, saying "Hunt the Wumpus." That <laughs> makes that'll make me laugh every single time. The Wumpus is always hidden somewhere on the map, and you have to <laughs> as as the Wumpuses want to do it hides as as the Wumpus likes to hide, and um and you just I you know I, I guess it was just keyboard, and uh, it was a Pac Man like sort of layout in my memory, um, and I. I'm, I'm suddenly thinking, like, was there anything to run away from? Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe you just had to figure out where the Wumpus was. Uh, I, I where just the, where the Wumpus was is another sentence that just like saying that that's going to just be echoing in my brain for the next couple of weeks. 
Yeah, it's a book I read to my children every night. Where the Wumpus was. The 16-year-old's 16 year like, I am like too old for you to read Where the Wumpus was to me every night now, Mom. You're like, just let me have this. Right. <laughs> Sorry, so we, we totally derailed you. Like, um, where, where the one? So that was sort of like your first experience with it. Have mm -hmm. you kind of kept up on things th throughout life? Do you like get like, do you play mostly on consoles or PCs? Like... What are you into? Mostly PC. Um, we don't have a console here. Um, I, I guess we had an Xbox 360 um, sure. until a couple of years ago, and I just, I just didn't love it. Mm -hmm. um, I never, I never really fell in love with it. There wasn't ever a game on it that I just was like, yeah, because I think I spent so many years playing games on PC that mm -hmm. that's just where I'm a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, and... the, the 360 especially, it kind of, it feels like that was just like, if you didn't like sort of like weirdly violent semi-open world games, it's like, well, you're kind of SOL, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's, some, there's sort of like the very beginnings of like cool indie gaming on mm -hmm. consoles on that one too, but like nothing really breaks through. Yeah, I think I did enjoy playing Borderlands um, oh, yeah. for a little while. Um, oh, and then like at some point, my now ex-husband bought some like, some video game that you could play with the Roku or with the Amazon Fire Stick. It was Fire. very low grade sort of games. Um, like those games. Have you guys, um, like some airlines will have like <laughs> yeah. terminals or whatever. And yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's like for the most part, you can like watch TVs or TV or movies on them. But every once in a while, it's like, or games. And like, you're like, all right, let's see what this is. And it'll be like just something that is like absolute dog shit, like unplayable. But you're like, I guess this is a game. Like, you like use yeah. it is a game. And they did provide it. Yeah. <laughs> there was one flight I was on where they had uh, Plants vs. Zombies on the, oh. the console, which is, you know, it's like a mobile game. But you have like as, as you get further on, you're like put like pushing it a lot. And it's a touchscreen on the back of someone's seat. So I'm like trying <laughs> like, to not like disturb them too much, but like, it's getting really intense. And I'm like shaking yeah, stuff. Yeah. I was like, this is a, this, this is not a good idea. Yeah. Poorly thought through. I mean, seriously, this person's trying to sleep and I'm like shaking the thing with like my finger, pushing it so much. You gotta kill those zombies, man. You have to. Thank you. Yeah. That's why I told the, the, the person who was sleeping. They kept on waking up and be like, look, it's, you want me to get eaten by a zombie? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of the airline's fault, you know? Pretty much. Um, well, great. What, what sort of, like, in general, like, what kind of games do you gravitate towards on the PC? I, I heard you mention Civilization Three. Mm. The Civilization games are a, a sickness for my brain. I absolutely love them, but I uh, cannot put them down when I start playing them. That is my... <clears throat> yes. So these days, I don't... I don't have a lot of time because I, I work full time, Two kids, yeah. my day job, mm -hmm. and then I'm working, I'm, I'm establishing myself as an audiobook narrator. I did mm -hmm. 30 books in my first year. Oh uh, my gosh, congratulations. Thank you. That's yeah. so cool. Um, 2021, I did 30 books and I'm in with a publisher now. So I'm pretty, pretty busy. Yeah. But um uh, and you're a single mom just like you know right although <laughs> yeah. here i just work like you know that's all i do yeah but like if i um in the last week or so i i actually finished a whole book during the week so i worked during the day at all options i came home um ate a little something went in the booth recorded an hour to two hours then came out and watched one episode of the great pottery <laughs> thrown out 
and fired up Civ 3. Civ 3 has become my sort of comfort object. Mm, that's great. And it is, except I, I have been really struggling with the psychology of this for me. I always play the same civilization. I play the same map. It's all a custom thing. And um, I typically will save my progress. But then when I come back to the computer, I 100% of the time load a new game. And I start back <laughs> over. Oh, um, interesting. And every once in a while, I think, you know, I could have totally wiped out all of the other civilizations. I had a really good setup here. But like, no, I think I'll start back with that one settler. Well, um, that, the the early game of Civ is so fun, you know. It like is. I, I um struggled with that one, especially in Civ Six, because the my my the one that I've played the most of is Civ Five, uh, and I feel like that one kind of Civ Three was incredible. I played that a lot when I was in college, and like sort of immediately after there, and then Civ Four came out. My computer got stolen that I had it loaded on, yeah. which was. A blessing in disguise because I was kind of for uh, the week I had it was only playing that game you know mm -hmm. and it was like my girlfriend at the time was like what are you doing like do you even care about me I'm like I do but you don't understand like do you think she stole it um <laughs> if she did she got she made out like a bandit you know because she, she uh, literally she made out like a bandit because they, they, got a lot, they got they got a lot of stuff from our apartment you know my roommate's computers also got stolen my jar of change my cologne no no i had the good gap cologne back then i got the, the good gap cologne the good gap cologne. good gap cologne. Um, good gap cologne and the hunt for the wumpus <laughs> the only cologne i remember from any time in my earlier life was jupe which was jupe. awful what is jupe the only what you remember the only cologne yeah the only cologne i was ever aware of because i think i had a boyfriend who wore jupe I'd ever want to smell it again. Do you guys remember <laughs> there was that commercial for Bod uh, body spray? Oh, kind of, yeah. I had a friend whose girlfriend was hypo, like she had a lot of allergies. And that was the only like body spray that was like, coincidentally, like didn't set off any of her allergies. Huh. So that he had to wear Bod and it came with like, a spray bottle. And the commercial was so cheesy. We used to like knock them all the time, but you know. What we these things we do for love, right? Indeed. Like steal yeah. your, your boyfriend's uh, computer so you won't play Civilization. So, anyways, I hopped back in on five. Played a lot of five over the last couple of years. Six came out, and they've really streamlined six to make it very approachable in a way that five kind of wasn't. But the games go so fast, so I had to download a mod because I just want the technology. I love production. I want production to happen quickly, but I would like technology to go slowly so that mm. I can really enjoy the earlier eras of the game a lot more. Yeah. Savor it. Mm -hmm. I did not know there was a Civ Six, and I might have to. I'm sorry. Except, who am I joking? Who am I kidding? I mean, I bought the I... latest Diablo, and then I immediately just went back and started playing the 20 year old one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's, you know, it's good to know the things that you're like, you know, it's not. I don't know, right? Like, there's there's always that push and pull between, like, you know, consuming things that you want, the, like, the new full experiences, and then also, like, you know, your things that you find comfortable. I, mm. um, I've been playing Elden Ring uh, since it came out, which is, like, you know, the new, new flashy and fancy, and, like, just today, I just sort of, like, there's a beach full of zombies, and I was just, like, I just kind of need to like for me for myself like for my own self care I need to just go to this beach and hit all of these zombies with this claymore like this is just sort of like what I need right now. <laughs> yeah, 
it's self-care you know know, yeah exactly (laughs) zombie flagellation is self-care that's like you know i like sometimes you know that's what you need some are called to hunt the wumpus and some are called to kill (laughs) zombies with the claymore you know what i mean we all have different (laughs) different colleagues right oh so um back to this morning i promised my kid you know i'll I'll play whatever roblox game you want but I get to watch the, this pottery show. Um, and and then he said something really sweet. Uh, he, he's considering he's going to be on spring break this week. So he just said, this is the best spring break ever playing video games with my mom. And I was oh, just like, oh, my God. Maybe I can be a little bit more generous with <sighs> my tolerance of, of the games. that. Oh, but who has the time for tolerance, you know, like when got 30 books done you know what i mean like that's <laughs> yeah the, the um that's so nice it's and nine is kind of like they're still pretty sweet right it's like he's right on the cut. oh wow no, so he's, he's still sweet. super sweet and yeah. like very huggy cuddly uh, but the problem is he'll he'll he's his attention span with the games can be very short so he said let's try this one and it's called break bones or something and it's it's literally just you fling yourself off a cliff and the physics seem pretty realistic yeah. and you get points based on how many bones and ligaments you break you get twenty thousand dollars if you get a brain hemorrhage and I really like i couldn't stop playing it but he was done after five minutes i'm like come on mom let's go play fling things and people and i was like just one just one more time off yeah. the cliff. <laughs> um, I think that's going to be another game I'll, I'll go back to when I just need, like, I need to clear my brain. I need to do something that doesn't require any thought. Yeah, and that's your me. that's your killing zombies at the beach is, <laughs> is trying to give yourself a brain hemorrhage. Fling myself off. You know, it's, it's so interesting because, like, in some ways, like, this fe- Roblox feels like this very new thing, but it's basically just, like, Newgrounds.com or just, like, their version of, like, Flash games, you know? Yeah. What I, you know what I mean? Like, that's, right. like, essentially what it is. Someone just figured out a way, a much more effective way to monetize that. Sure. <laughs> they sure did. Yeah, right. Is it, and that, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Alex. I, I, so you're just, about to, we're about to ask the exact same question, yeah, which is, like, so, well, like how, what, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> You've got, like, you, you... <laughs> There's like a whole other like like topic that like the work that you do is like a topic that we're we're very interested in, but like you also have this perspective into like what eight year olds are doing that we're yeah, like exactly. this is fascinating. What the yeah. fuck? Well, and I mean it's it seems equally appealing. I think my little one's been into Roblox at least since he was five, maybe eh, probably around five, and the older one who's now sixteen and is is much more sophisticated in his both intellect and and just uh his gaming um but he's been playing it for about the same amount of time i i think i don't know when it was like somewhere around six or eight that he started playing it so it may be like 10 years that he's been playing roblox but he does (laughs) when he talks about what he's doing i don't even understand what he's talking about because he's doing (laughs) some development as well Oh, um, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're they're building sophisticated things again that I'm just like my eyes start glazing over after about 20 seconds. That's funny. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it's so open-ended. And the, there are games that I've played that I really enjoy, and then they're just the ones that just make my teeth hurt. 
because it's like, oh, I, I'm supposed to be a baby and ask <laughs> someone, to a someone to get and <laughs> adopt me. Sounds I mean, so fucking funny. In a way, it kind of reminds me of The Sims, which I played a little bit of The Sims sure. whenever yeah. that was, like probably, probably twenty years ago. Mm. So, but a lot less sophisticated. So, like, if you are an adoptive parent, you have to pay attention to your baby and, like, they get soiled or they're hungry and you have to go find food. So that's kind of okay, but there's just a lot of random, like, aimless wandering involved. And that, apparently, I have a very low tolerance for. The older the I get, the more I'm oh like, I want a direct... Some of the games in the bundle, you'd be very... It's interesting. Because you're sort of describing... There is like this subgenre of games, it, like indie games specifically, where it's like it's not really about an objective. It's more about creating like kind of a mood or a place to just sort of be for a little bit, you know. And that yeah. that is like some. I think Eric, when we started the podcast, that was something that you really didn't like. It was yeah, like, really. This is, this is really stupid. Like bugged the shit out of me. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. and then eventually it was like, oh, you know, you start to kind of get a feel for. Yeah, I don't know. You start to you start to develop the more of these types of games you play, the more you're like, oh, I understand, you know, why somebody would make and like something like this. And then like maybe there's times, you know, during the week when I'm like, oh, this is actually really nice. You know, like I'm so mm -hmm. stressed out, like it's kind of nice to have this sort of like, you know, like da -da 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 -da. cozy atmospheric. thing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess at some point in early, earlier in life for me, for me, I probably would have been really drawn to that. Mm -hmm. And now I would consider it like on the surface aspirationally, like, yeah, that sounds like something I might really enjoy. But as I know myself more now, I'd be like, this is going to drive me nuts. I the reality know. is no. Yeah, it's not there. <laughs> yeah, you've got like, I have like a half hour of my own time and then I'm going to go to sleep. Like, please let me just play Civ 3, the beginning of Civ 3. Yeah. <laughs> or, and this is the real embarrassing thing, maybe, um, how I go to bed. This has been my routine for I don't know how many years now. Um, I, I can't go to sleep without playing at least a couple levels of Candy Crush. Wow, that's great. Yeah. There's nothing embarrassing about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's, it's <laughs> meditative. It it, it puts me, yeah, I don't know. I'm listening to an audiobook or NPR one or a podcast. <laughs> and um, or sometimes lately I'm listening to my own stuff and like kind of proof listening. And and candy that candy. helps you fall asleep. That would make me that would keep me up so <laughs> That would send me down a <laughs> fucking spiral. Like listening to myself is is the last um, thing that I want to do before I go to sleep. When I first started, I I had very little tolerance for it now. But sure. now, I mean, I like to I like to give everything a good proof listen before I turn it over. Sure, makes sense. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't always. Um, <laughs> Eric, you you have to imagine if we were getting paid for this podcast, maybe we'd like listen to it every now and again to make sure the product is of like a certain I, quality. I <laughs> I have a really hard time falling asleep, so I think like for me, it's like I, anything that is self reflective starts a mm -hmm. like a whole new like you know brain cycle that I have to like try and shut down. The other day, uh, I. I've, I've been directing a short film that Alex has been producing nice. and um, 
the night before I was like, I'm exhausted and I know I'm not going to fall asleep. So my wife was like, let's do it. We're going to give you a clonazepam. We're going to give you an eye mask. We're going to give you the weighted blanket and we're going to have rain sounds. And it was like full, just like immersion. And my body was like fighting it so hard. My body was fighting so hard to stay awake. It was just like, this is... This is this is very effective, but I, uh, I got too many things to think about. But that's so funny. That's for cool. some reason the Candy Crush just helps me turn off. It helps me turn off my brain. Yeah, I'm not someone who uh, has a hard time falling asleep. That is like one of my tr- my only blessings. My wife has to watch TV or else she can't fall asleep. She has to be bathed in the the neon light, you know. Um, which is, it's okay. You know, the, it, sometimes it wakes me up if there's something exciting happening in the show. <laughs> the Candy Crush is such an interesting game. Did you, w- did you ever go through a phase where you were like severely addicted to Candy Crush or have you always been able to keep it at arm's length? Cause those mobile well, games are fascinating. One could argue that. that requiring it to go to sleep at night. <laughs> but here's the thing it's, it's like you know it's like a credit card with rewards points with these freemium games are like rewards points like credit cards if you pay the card off you know every month it's the points are working for you you know what i mean yeah. you're you're getting away with it if as long as you're not putting a lot of money into candy crush oh. you're using the yeah then oh, yeah. i'd say that's like addiction for those games i think is like I'm a, I, I've spent five hundred dollars over the last three years with Candy Crush or something like that. Not yeah. I'm not saying that I have done yeah. that, but that's no, what I yeah. was addiction with it. It's definitely it's pretty limited to just at night. I think there might have been a time a few years back that I would have played it during the day, mm. but now it's just it's my nighttime thing. Um, and I have I don't play Candy Crush OG. I play Candy Crush Jelly and Candy Crush Soda. I don't know why. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have no idea. <laughs> Regular Candy Crush, uh, I got to a point that uh, all of a sudden the levels were doing something really weird. And again, apparently with age, my aversion to like new things, I was like, nope, uninstall, it's gone. So I just cycle back and forth between jelly and soda. Uh, And yeah, uh, it's, it's, it helps me get to sleep. And uh, yeah, I don't think I overdo it, but I'm definitely like using it as a crutch at night. But there are um, worse things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, what? Plus know. the weighted blanket. And um, <laughs> I guess with, like, listening to my own stuff, I never really got the I've, – I've had people tell me that um, that my voice puts them to sleep. But, like, in a <laughs> – yeah, no, you've got a very, you've got a great voice. Like, you know, like I've, we've yeah. had guests on who just have terrible Disgu- voices, disgusting, yeah. awful. Voices, I, you've got yeah. this incredible microphone. Like, I'm sitting here and just like, yeah, this is. I can see why. <laughs> like, it's just very <laughs> soothing. Well, yeah. So I never really got that, but I do totally fall asleep listening to my own stuff. So maybe there's. Something, <laughs> you know. um, I did a nonfiction book a few months ago that was just, oh, I mean, it, it was well written, but the. the the subject matter was just so dense and it was so technical. And I remember thinking as I was doing it, like, well, you know, if nothing else, it'll soothe people while they're listening to it. That's they may right. not actually they, learn anything about it. This is one of those things where it's like, I'm not, I'm not only like a, a, uh, the president, I'm also a user of the company sort of a thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to talk about your work um, before we segue over to the games. Yeah. Because that's actually. Work? Yeah, that, that's how um, we met. Yeah. Was, um, 
talking about all options, uh, right. we our, our previous guest Andy um, recommended you guys as a cause, so we donated, and then I got reached out to by somebody in the organization, and they were like, you know, a, a very effective way of like garnering more support. You know, if you want to talk or anything like that, have any questions, let us know. It's like, well, we have this podcast, and if anyone in the organization likes to play video games, we'd love to have someone on. Um, and uh, here you are. So please, Amir, tell us about all options. Later. Yeah, can you believe it? <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, All Options is a national organization mm. that is, uh, I guess, nominally based out of Oakland, California. And it started with a talk line that was... And the name was actually originally Backline. Um, so the Backline talk line was, it quickly kind of became a really trusted resource for people to call about anything relating to parenting, pregnancy, abortion, and adoption. And really before the talk line, there, <laughs> there does not exist any resource for people to call where they won't be swayed in some way or sure. or the the other lines having some sort of agenda whereas the talk line our agenda is to meet people where they are and to support them and provide them with factual facts mm -hmm. <laughs> and um you know as unbiased as it gets of course we're human so we all have human bias but the people who answer the talk line calls go through this incredible 40-hour training mm. that you know teaches us to hold space for other people sure. and to reserve our own judgment so yeah like people are maybe going to say something that is upsetting or right and you're just oh, going sure. to like yeah figure out how yeah. to accept and it, that and it does it. take training and practice to sure. to hold your own tongue cuz of course we are all going to have opinions about what should someone else do but the talk line exists to, to, we don't interject our own opinions. It's it's basically pure counseling at its finest. And so that's been going, um, I should know exactly how long it's been going. It's been just over 20 years. We cool. just had an anniversary. I think this might be the 21st year. Um, and so that's been going and going and going. It's now staffed with um, peer support advocates. We call them advocates, <laughs> who are all over the country. So... Um, it, it used to be just like whoever was located here in Bloomington, Indiana, right. but that yeah. kind of gave us a very small pool of experience, right? Mm -hmm. So now it's staffed by people who like a huge range of um, age and gender and reproductive experiences and life experiences. So they have an incredible pool of wisdom to, to draw from. And um, I always, if, if I ever encounter anyone who is pregnant or thinks they might be pregnant or wants to get pregnant, any of that, I love that there's actually a place that I can wholeheartedly recommend without any, like, well, there's this one thing, but with the talk line, it's like, it is super awesome. Please, yeah. you know, please avail yourself of this resource. Cool. Um, so it's been helping hundreds of people a year um, for 20 some years now. And uh, then in 2015, we we thought well, it was before my time, but um, like, what if we could make the talk line into uh, an actual physical location, mm -hmm. like everything that the talk line and all options represent, but in a one-stop shop where someone can walk in and get a pregnancy test without encountering shame or stigma. Um, or get some options counseling if they're pregnant, what if they could get help funding an abortion 
if they want an abortion? Or what if they don't want an abortion and they need help with parenting and we give them diapers? Um, what if we do both? Yeah. <laughs> which, which we're actually starting to do now out of Bloomington. We, um, we have the Hoosier Abortion Fund, which is the first and only uh, abortion fund in Indiana. And then we also have the Hoosier Diaper Program, which I maintain. And um, the majority of people having abortions already have children. It's something like right. 70%. And the people who call our line, the percentage is even a little higher. And we've started asking them, do you have children in diapers right now? And a lot of them say, I sure do. <laughs> um, do you need, are you experiencing diaper need now? I sure do. And yeah. so not only are we funding their abortion, but then we're signing them up to receive diapers for the children that they have in diapers, wow. which is, it's just, um, it just, <laughs> it gives me chills. Because diaper need is something that I was totally unaware of until I started working with all options. Um, obviously I have kids, but I was privileged enough when my kids were in diapers, I was priv privileged enough to be like, mm, these diapers are expensive because I chucked them into my cart. But mm -hmm. I always just assumed because it seems like it would make sense that there was some sort of aid for people who needed help with diapers, but there's not, yeah. there's not, um, different states have, there are a few states that now have uh, tax exempt diapers, but like, oh, so instead of costing you $25 for yeah. three packs, it'll cost Already you $20. Kind of yeah, right. right. It's like, the I kind of consider that lip service. It's progress, yeah. but it's, you know, if it costs up to a hundred bucks per month per baby to keep them in adequate diapers, <laughs> most people just don't have that. Yeah. And when it comes down to, I can either pay rent or pay the heat bill, or buy a couple more packs of diapers, diapers often get the short end of the stick because, you know, you got to pay the rent. Yeah. Um, and then it, that just leads to really pretty significant health issues if, if children don't have adequate <laughs> So nationwide, the statistic before the pandemic was that one in three families struggled with diaper need. Wow. I'm, wow. I, I would really guess, based on my experience, what I'm seeing locally in Indiana, it's it's closer to like a half. Um, wow. In the month of January this year, we we donated, we personally distributed 14,000 diapers out of Bloomington. Whoa. Um, yeah. It's a lot of diapers. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to imagine processing that much is just right. like... Yeah. So we do we do diaper assistance and parenting support. We also do abortion funding and options counseling if people are unsure. And it kind of all starts with the talk line. Um, it is it is just such an incredible resource that um, I think people often they often just don't know what's what's available. Who can I talk to? Who can I? can't talk to my mom and dad. I mean, I was in that position myself uh, in my early 20s, and there was so much stigma around it for me. Um, I never talked to my parents. Um, sure. I didn't know. I didn't know anything at all. And I certainly didn't know about something like all options or the talk line. And if I had, I would have felt so much more supported. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we also, under the all options umbrella, 
we have something called Faith Aloud, A-L-O-U-D, mm-hmm. which is, it's basically like our talk line, but sometimes a caller wants to talk to someone who is, who they perceive as an authority in faith. Okay. And yeah. so we actually have trained clergy counselors wow. who, who are aligned with the all options approach. You know, they've got to be okay supporting people who choose a adop- uh, adoption or abortion. Um, (laughs) And uh, so we have now people, if uh, I heard a a couple months ago, somebody just, um, she was having an abortion and she knew that was the right thing for her. And she called and she just wanted someone to pray with her Mm -hmm. on the way. Yeah. And to be able to offer that kind of support where there's no shame, there's no stigma. This is a valid choice. It is a valid healthcare decision. Um, there's not enough of that validation around. Yeah. I mean, so Andy's wife is a gynecologist. So I hear, you know, through them, like Indiana, especially like (laughs) the legislative, like has pretty rough legislation as far as like abortion. Oh yeah. So it's, it's, um, it sounds like the work you guys are doing is like awesome and so necessary and so needed. Right. It's, um, and I mean, it's another thing. I think unless you're in the, unless you're already a reproductive justice advocate or activist, you may not know. Um, I was always pro-choice, but I, uh, even having had an abortion in my early twenties, I had no idea what the current landscape was like. Mm. So again, when I came to all options, I remember thinking like, well, you know, abortion's legal. What's, what's the big deal? Yeah. Well, Karen, um, it is legal, technically, but in certain states, lawmakers have made it, you know, increasingly more difficult and expensive. You know how much it costs? No. How much? In Indiana? No. In Indiana, it's going to cost, at the very cheapest, would be like five to six hundred dollars. But at a Planned Parenthood, it's going to run seven to nine hundred dollars. I didn't even realize that. Right. That's How many lot. people do you know who just can cough up seven to nine hundred dollars? Uh, I'm an um, artist. No one. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I mean, I had no idea. I didn't know that in many states, Indiana included, you're required to come to two different appointments. Right. The first one, you get an ultrasound um, and then you have to wait. And I know on the surface that law was enacted to to make sure that people really know that they're making the right decision for them. Um, sure. But it also means that it's two times people are going to have to come up with childcare, transportation, time off work. It's just hardship after hardship. Um, and then, oh, also you've got to cough up (laughs) a big chunk of money. And it's, it's not like the folks who are in most need of this, uh, assistance, like, uh, I come from, you know, a, a background where they can easily, it's, it's exactly the kind of people who would, you know, right not be able to do that right. or are looking for this kind of assistance. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, we get, we get many, many calls to the abortion fund line every week. We can't fund everyone every week. Uh, we fund as many people as we can, but you know, sometimes someone's just short a hundred bucks and to think a hundred bucks is going to be the difference between this person having an abortion, which was their choice and what they felt was best for them or, Oh, sorry. You're going to end up having a baby. Good yeah. Luck. Gee. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yes. it's, 
it's uh it is bullshit and we're here to do something about it so um actually in the month of april we are running the fundathon which we uh internally call fat (laughs) what else do we call it um it's it's the main abortion care fundraiser that goes nationwide um and that is uh we're going to be raising funds for abortion access all through the month of april brad First of all, Jess, thank you so much for sharing all that about your work. That was really inspiring stuff. Thank you. Um, and really glad to have you on the podcast. It's really nice to have someone. More, mostly we have on like, you know, our dumb comedian friends and stuff like that. So it's nice <laughs> to have on someone who uh, is doing something really good with their life, Aww. to be totally honest, working, something, working for other people so much. Um, we played three games this week. Uh, they were Foresighted Fantasy, Jabberwocky, and Horizon of Mercury. This is a very interesting slice of the bundle you got because it contains, I think, some some interesting games like that kind of typify some of the kinds that you can get in here. Um, let's start with talking about Foresighted Fantasy, which is from the Bundle for Rich, Justice, and Equality by Serenity Forge, a 2D puzzle abstract atmospheric controller, female protagonist, uh, mind-bending puzzle platformer. Description. Foresighted Fantasy is a game about pushing the limits of the screen. In this world, you can wrap the screen at any time so that you emerge from the left when exiting right and falling down into a pit turns into falling from the ceiling. Discover a strange world where a man and a woman journey through four seasons in a year, constantly separated by the boundaries of the screen. Um, okay. This game is cool. Yeah. This is, a, this is like a cool bundle game. Yeah. The, so it's a platformer, and then you can kind of like click basically to like set up this sort of recording kind of thing that freezes the screen and turns it into like pac-man style you know screen wrapping um (laughs) but by which you mean you can walk off one side and then walk on the yeah pac-man style right (laughs) makes it it pac-man style um uh and at first i was like very kind of befuddled by it it takes a second to like let your brain kind of like accept what it is and then once once it kind of starts to click for you this game kind of hums like it's yeah it's really fun it moves quickly the graphics are nice it's like the music is nice and the puzzles are at least i didn't I, i got maybe like a third of a way through the game um and was or actually probably not even because it's four seasons we know that and i didn't make it to the end of summer so i did not make it a third of the way through the game i made it maybe an eighth of the way through the game or something like that um but nothing was so hard that i couldn't figure it out relatively quickly like i never got bored or like completely lost like the puzzles they presented were, were such that even if there was some difficulty you kind of could get over it pretty quickly and that's fun like when you figure it out fast and you get to keep on playing the game, like things keep on moving, that's just like really fun. So things are clicking and you're feeling smart and having a good time moving through stuff. Um, Jess, what did you think? Well, I loved the atmospheric nature of it. You know, um, as we discussed earlier, I sometimes struggle with the more open-ended. So when, when I first loaded it, um, I'll fess up. I was at work. Uh, it was during our diaper distribution day. So it was just me and an intern who's like half my age. <laughs> and I called her in. I was like, Jane, I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I was, I mean, I was so keyed up because I've just, I've been just working a lot. And so initially I was just like, I hate this. I don't know what to do. Tell me what you <laughs> and I, like, I briefly Googled it. Like, is there, <laughs> so Jane was like, Jess, I think maybe you just need to relax a little bit. <laughs> Relaxing. Um, so I took some deep breaths and I got back into it. And yeah, I mean, I could see, I could actually see playing a lot more of it. I did yeah. not get very far either. Um, but yeah, I liked the music and the graphics and it was just, it was, it was relaxing and sort of, I could see it being a meditative a la Civ 3. From- <laughs> well, it's, I think that it's, it is beautiful the lighting in it is is really well done Mm -hmm. they use foreground in a really interesting way um there's points in it where they change the scale of the platformer yeah Mm -hmm. that was that was one of my favorite parts of it too yeah and um and i know i know what you mean that initially up top you're like especially i you know we've we play a lot of these games right so i think there's a little bit of like you know at some point you're just you can feel for it. Yeah, you're like, I get frustrated by other things, but like, you know, like some of the the things. There's like some things that just eventually are like, oh, okay, I think I get like, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing right now, whatever. Um, right. Because it's you know the alt the alternative is like sometimes things over explain at the very beginning, and mm-hmm. you're like, well, just let me play the game. Like, why right. the fuck are you? Talking. You know, just yeah. turn off the tutorial, please. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like this game this game is cool like you know like i i i feel like one of the things that i say when we play through some of these bundle games is like you know why like why this and we'll play platformers that are very like you know i mean like you've you grew up in like nes super nintendo like we Mm -hmm. played a lot of platform like that's what video games were for such a long time and then like if you play something that's made now that feels like a video game from back then you're like why am i doing like Mm -hmm. earthworm gym exists like i can always play earthworm gym like you know you gotta be better than like those initial things and this gives you a reason why it's a platform right like it's like it's new it's interesting even if it like twists your brain a little bit that's cool there's fun stuff where then it starts introducing right because like part of the game is that you have to figure out how to kind of like freeze where you're going to freeze the frame so that you can kind of move in a different space Mm -hmm. and then later on it starts being so that like you have to freeze the frame jump unfreeze the frame so that you can kind of land on different spots and it's like it becomes much more of a dexterity kind of thing as opposed to like yeah just like it it's pure puzzle play i'm i like loved this game when i fired it yeah. up i was not expecting to to be so like compelled yeah by it. i i actually do think it's it's a game i would play again and really really enjoy yeah i would go so far as to say this is definitely a hidden gem in the bundle which is something we encounter every now and again where i have literally never heard of it mm-hmm. i go into it being like okay we'll see what happens then you boot it up and you are kind of like Oh, this rocks. This is exactly why we're doing this podcast, is so we can find stuff like this and experience it and then tell people about it. So And even the like, you know, the 
like it passes the spike test, right? Like the the weird it does like, pass the spike test. The weird which like is important, Eric. Please explain, explain yeah, the spike. You test. know, like you got you, you, if you fall on spikes, it's got to hit oh. you the right way. But this thing, instead of spikes, it's if got. If you the walk way. into spikes from the sideway, <laughs> then you shouldn't die because the spikes aren't hitting you. And, you know, instead of doing spikes, they've got this weird like static thing that you could kind of run into, yeah. right? And it's there is an interesting thing because like. Did you guys get to the part where you start experimenting with the colors and the battery being yeah. out sort of yeah. thing? There's, so there, there's, and there are these cameras mounted places. Um, and the the menu screen is sort of like an old kind of like VHS kind of thing, grainy thing. You're clicking around. So there's something about surveillance and cameras. When you freeze the frame, it like pauses for a second, I think. is You're watching like CRTV footage or something like that. Like, So there's something going on there, which is interesting. And I wonder if that comes to play and becomes more of like a story element later on uh, in the game. So you're totally yeah. making me want to play it again. Like, yeah. actually, you know, take take some time, not play <laughs> watching the great battery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you're, you put this in front of your eight-year-old and, and <laughs> they'll yeah. just burn through it, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it, it really is. I think you're right, Alex, that the, the puzzles being something that are like kind of difficult at first and then you're like let me think about this and then you figure it out and like it felt like every time that I did that it was like mm. yeah it was the exact amount of time I want to spend with a puzzle I could keep gushing about this game I <laughs> why don't we go around so uh just the sort of rating system we go by is are you a pass or a play it's, definitely it's, uh, play uh <laughs> wonderful definitely play Eric how are you feeling yeah I'm a play on this one I think it's it's so cool. It's a cool platformer. It's innovative. I'm sure that there are other, you know, like when you play a game like yeah. this, I'm sure that there are other games that play with something like this, right. but um, the aesthetics, the music, the lighting in it, the way they play with scale and the way that the puzzles continue to evolve um, are, it's just, it's very cool. Very compelling. I, I was very pleasantly surprised by this game. What about you, Alex? Uh, I'm a total play. This is why we do it, baby. <laughs> this is the podcast in a nutshell. Finding Foresighted Fantasy. Check it out if you got in the bundle. This is an unequivocal triple play from us. Uh, it's worth your time. It's very fun. Um, we'll move on now to a game called Jabberwocky, which exemplifies a different kind of bundle game that we encounter. This is also from the Racial Justice and Equality Bundle. It's by Python B5. An adventure, action, role-playing, 2D action adventure, uh, pixel art game. Uh, Jabberwocky is a game inspired by 2D Zelda titles based on the poem Jabberwocky by Lewis Carroll. You are a young knight charged with saving the kingdom from a terrifying monster. You must journey, adventure through the sprawling overworld, solve puzzles, and fight bosses on your journey. While you're playing, keep an eye out for secret tokens. So good luck, Brave Knight, on your quest to slay the Jabberwock. So, Eric's one of Eric's initial complaints about the bundle is often that you feel like you're playing someone's first game or something like that. And that's for, for some of the games he would say this about early on, that was a very unfair thing to say, you know? However, I think with a lot of certainty, we can say this is definitely one of this person's first games. This is a, feels kind of like a school project sort of a thing. It's like it, there's some cool stuff going on in it. It's fun. Um, and if you like Zelda games, you might want to take a turn on it, but like, it's extremely rudimentary. There's really not very much going on. Uh, the characters being actual creatures from the Jabberwocky game is kind of a fun element because I, I was wondering what they sort of looked like. Um, but, uh, you know, the music's cool. Uh, 
Jess, what did you think? <laughs> well, I, I think the most interesting thing about it was, yeah, the creatures and the just the tie-in with the Jabberwock. Yeah. Um, it reminded me a little bit of Hunt the Wumpus. Hunt the Wumpus? I was, gonna, I was trying to remember the name. I was trying to remember the name. I was like, I didn't see a Wumpus anywhere, no. did I? I mean, it did. And um, so the intern was kind of hanging out uh, watching me play for part of it. And I was just like, welcome to 1987, Jane. <laughs> you weren't alive in 1987, but this is like... This, this is what it was. This is kind, like... of, the kind of game I was playing in 1987 for sure. Um, yeah, it did feel really rudimentary. Um, I liked, yeah, I liked the Lewis Carroll, uh, references. The music was okay. Um, but it was, you know, it, it wasn't. It's kind of frustrating. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be, yeah, it. Yeah, it's you're it's, walking around uh, already. It's not the kind of game you like, Eric, to begin with. Like I, top down sort of adventure thing like that. That's not true. The speed of the character was also a little aggravating to me. It was a little slow. Just sort of yeah. like making your way <laughs> down the thing. Go faster. Yeah. yeah. Um I got to I got the sword. I found the Vorpal sword. I did too. And then I Use 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 it, it to hunt the wumpus to fight. You know the things. Um, found the the combat mechanic to be a little um, aggra- aggravating. Um, get, died, right? Like to find the vorpal sword. It wasn't. It didn't take a long time, but it felt uh, you know fairly arduous, right? Like, I'm not. I, I don't want to be. I think you're probably right. This is maybe somebody's first kind of crack at a game, and um, and I think it's you know it's. It's kind of, it's smart to, if you're going to take a first crack at a game, be like, you know what, I'm going to use this sort of IP that kind of exists and like, that'll give the excuse for the thing. You know, it saves you a little bit of time of like, um, writing it or, or something like that. But Not when I can use the Wumpus after exactly, all, exactly, the Wumpus is taken. You gotta, you know, yeah. you gotta find a Jabberwock, um, I died and then you start back over and you go and you talk to your grandpa or whatever again. And he was mm-hmm. like, well, all right, you got to go. You're going to have to go to the Southeast temple to the Southwest temple because the Bandersnatch has the key to the Jabberwock, but you need to get two no- keys to get to the temple with the Bandersnatch. Did you, did you go to the temple and solve any of the puzzles or anything like that? Did you guys go in there? No, I didn't. I, they had, they had kind of a fun chip challenge esque sort of like move the blocks around in the proper kind of like order oh, to, to do it, okay. yeah. which was fun. I had a good time. I, I, I sort of got there and was like, uh, I can see where this is going. Something like this, we had this experience, Jess, where we were playing this game about fairies that we thought was about, like, resource management, and it turned out that it was actually the sequel to, like, uh, a really weird game called Frog Fractions, and it, it was just, like, a front where you, you got to, to a certain score or found something, and then it unlocked, like, another game. Oh, it would be, totally yeah, like, I, you know. This sort of felt like, you know, are we getting punked again, you know, <laughs> to kind of, like, do that? I don't think we are, but um, it definitely felt that mm-hmm. way. Uh, so a pass or play, I'm, I'm a pass on this one. Um, I, I don't think there's a reason you need to go check it out, but I do think this is cool that Python B5 is making games and I hope they continue to. And like, this is a, a really fun, like first step to see like what else you can do. So it's a great work. Um, Eric, what about you? Uh, yeah, also a pass on this. It's, you know, it's, there's, there's lots of other games out there that have this kind of top down quality. I think a lot of people, you know, if Zelda was your sort of first love, you kind of are attracted to this type of game and 
Check out Shipwrecked, which was the game we played for the podcast that is is uh, sort of similar. Yeah. And very fun. I also I remember like reading Jabberwock for the first time. It was like when I read uh, Alice in Wonderland and then like they had the Jabberwock poem like along with it. And mm-hmm. there's something about that poem that is using all these goofy words, but has this very like actual ominous feeling. Yeah, oh, it yeah, feels very messy. And I think the game, you know, that's one of the dangers of using uh like an ip that kind of exists uh is that if you don't quite like match up to that that property in certain ways there's something dissatisfying in that way like this does this in no way has a like ominous feel to it it feels very 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 childish um so yeah but so i'm a i'm a pass how about you jess i i mean i will confess it did give me a certain um pang of nostalgia yeah, maybe at a different time in my life, or if I had a lot more time to just do gaming, I might <laughs> come back to it. But for my current reality, it would have to be a pass. Yeah, fair enough. Um, last game we played, Horizon of Mercury from the Richless and Equality Bundle by <laughs> Dual Hammers, a 1980s simulation lo-fi lonely sci-fi space sim an exploration in the 1980s future aesthetics hard work and non-linear storytelling made in two months as part of the curated anthology jam with mint find a new home for humanity by studying atmospheric charts and exploring new worlds this is a cool little game in my mind i it reminded me of another game we played called um sundogs remember that game Eric? Yeah. this was like yeah. way back but it's um kind of like about this is something that creates like an atmosphere. You're basically like shown the parameters through which you can like access a world, uh, like to colonize it. And then you click on specific little nubs around the stars to see if these worlds are habitable. You can spend a certain amount of energy to do different kinds of tests. You can mark something as habitable. And then eventually your spaceship just kind of runs out of energy and then you die. And it shows you exactly how many places that you said were habitable were, and it tells a little story about each of them. You can and you can end the mission also. You don't have to yeah, die. I, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I never experienced it. No, but when, when you end the mission, you die. That's what they say. They say, thank you for your sacrifice. Oh, oh really? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole thing. It's like, you're just out there floating in space. That's a free... <laughs> Yeah, I was it's... really surprised by the drone, like the change in the graphics when you... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it was so... I don't know how to describe it. Uh, rudiment, not rudimentary, but just like very plain graphically. And then yeah. all of a sudden, like the drone is is kind right. of richly detailed and yeah. it really surprised me. Yeah. It looks like a text. It looks like a text game. It looks like something where you're supposed to like, you're supposed to just like, it's, they've structured it in such a way that it, it does sort of feel like they are doing a lot with limitations the way that you would in 1980s right. games and sort of those text games. So it looks very cool. And then you're absolutely right. You click on this drone option and then you suddenly see and you can pan around this landscape to kind of experience it a little bit. Um, did you guys find any habitable planets? Did, mm-hmm. you, did you? Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. I found right. one too. I only found one. It, um, it It's funny because I couldn't tell. There's this, there's this funny thing with games like these, like these hard sci-fi games, especially. And I think like this, they're they're like grabbing from this era that's like it expects you to actually like have this like chemistry sort of knowledge which like chemistry was never my thing you know i did it and i 
you know, past and like now math, you know, we've got a math, math love it. Chemistry, yeah, like, and then like, you know, it does that little thing where it's like, do I have to know whether or not like, you know, like hydrogen carbon three is going to break down correctly in order to provide enough like oxygen. Like there's like little bits of that where I'm like, I, I want you to tell me. <laughs> like, you don't have to do that much work. Well, I don't, or at least provide me the resource. You know, just like maybe if you're like, all right, well, like this is how you actually do the, you know, the mm-hmm. balancing each side of the equation. Like either tell me or like give me the resource. But I think you're to- bringing a little bit more of your expectation. This game at its core is like super basic. Mm-hmm. Like they, they do, they, what they've done is, an incredibly good job of making it seem bigger than it is Mm -hmm. and that's because like they've created like this world in which like and these stakes at which it actually feels pretty serious where it's like i do want to find a place for mankind to settle you know in the distant future i don't want the species to just die so but it's really just like if they have the right balance then you're good to go Mm -hmm. Uh, if there's no like did you guys ever encounter like any evil uh people or anything like that or i i encountered yeah i found um like there was some there was some like you know message down on a planet that was like you know it seemed like there was intelligent life there so i was like we're, we're not oh. gonna go down there <laughs> you know, like we're not fucking around with that right. like it was just like it was very poetic like darkly poetic and about like solstice and like you know weirdly there was like a weird translation it was cool it was it, this game was cool like i you know this game is cool. i'm yeah. giving this it game is cool. i'm being like a you know little snot where i'm like please don't make me do chemistry i'm not <laughs> good at it like i don't know what it is but like uh it felt very like it had that feeling of like you know traversing the space like feeling very lonely you know like yeah it's sort of funny too when you if you watch like a movie from the 80s or something like that where they had computers on like a spaceship oh yeah like alien or whatever right right the reality was back then graphically they couldn't make things that look the way we do now so all the old 80s computers are in spaceships and that's what this is sort of drawing from is like that imagination of like 80s 70s sci-fi of just like these shitty computers right. <laughs> that render the universe you know I which think, i love i think the love logic it. of it appealed to me like mm. um yeah the the beauty of uh accomplishing something with the problem solving it's all just about logic and trial and error um that appealed to me quite a bit yeah yeah also the like that you could like kind of click on these uh nebulas that would sort of like redo your fuel or what like it wasn't as punishing a game as i kind of expected it to yeah. be yeah uh, oh i didn't even realize you could do that that's so cool oh yeah if you clicked on the middle the middle part of each of these like you know grids the stars and stuff like that yeah give you like little they were like funky little things it is a game that doesn't give you they were funk they were funky they were, like things. sometimes they're a satellite sometimes they were a nebula sometimes they were a comet and you could be like that was a planet that never was and you're like no oh, okay that's kind of I love, I like, I have such an affinity for the, like, lonely space traveler aesthetic. Like, that that really kind of, that clicks for me. Um, me too, I think. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely also gave me a pang of nostalgia. Sure, yeah. <laughs> what are we if not space hunters of the wumpus? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, great. Uh, Jess, what, did, what do you think? Are you pass or play? Um, oh, realistically, it would it would be a pass me although i did enjoy it 
Mm, I love that. And, That's sort of the sweet, lonely nostalgia of being stuck in a spaceship. <laughs> Something bittersweet about it, just like that that uh, that rating. Uh, Eric, what do you better? Yeah, I think I'm a I'm a play on this one. It's it's um, you know, it doesn't really. It's it's definitely a game that doesn't give you a lot of information up top on how to play it. So you kind of you're sort of on there, out there on your own. But it's not punishing. It's very small. It's very short. If you know, it's it's a very experiential thing this might be a post bath game we've got we've got a genre of games that are like you know after you take a bath and you're like (laughs) kind of chill and you just sort of want to like you know like have a vibe for a second like this game is this game is vibes um big time big time vibes you know i i created a a jewel of the empire i i said two places where have been habitable one of them became the jewel of the empire. It was a perfect oh. spot. The other one, they died immediately as soon as they landed. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I don't know. Uh, my metric for what was habitable was wrong. <laughs> I, I am a play as well. I think this game doesn't overstay its welcome. It is like just a nice quick vibe to pop into. And the interface and graphics are such that I just think it's nice uh, and it's well made. And really, I would view it as like a short story generator because yeah. you get like a nice little thing. You you plug in this sort of details on the front side and then on the back half, you get kind of a nice little thing to read about the different things. Um, so one of the things I would encourage if you are going to go play it, don't be afraid to do everything correctly. <laughs> Just go in there and do whatever you want, yeah. you know, and like settle, let's say, as many things that are habitable as you want. And you'll get like interesting things on the other side when you end the game. Imagine if this game was narrated by Jess. That shit would be fucking... <laughs> bomb it would be incredible that would be so good (laughs) after hearing you guys talk about it it kind of makes me want to go back and give it another chance oh i Mm -hmm. love that that makes me so happy you were a pass no 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 no, no, no. i am so sorry there's no No, 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 no. i think i i think at this stage in life i do tend to be sometimes a little too perfection oriented Mm. i don't i don't give things enough time to just bloom i think that that's fine that's yeah yeah there, there. We we've played a lot of really bad games as part of this podcast, and so if anything is like sort of good, we're like, yeah, this is a play. You know, we've been so, so shell shocked. Not to take away from this game, which I do think is pretty cool in a lot of ways, but like, they they really execute well on what they're trying to do, and that to me makes it like worthy of your time and attention. If you're someone who has the bundle and is just like, what what should I check out? I think this is something to check out. They're doing some cool stuff. Um, yeah, and Eric, that's actually a great idea. Uh, game devs, if anyone's listening, you should hire Jess to voice your game. Oh my like, that god! Would be, what, a, what a new, yeah, I what a new avenue. I haven't done any. Oh, I think I was working with somebody to do some character voices for. Oh, a game I can't think of. It's very, very popular and has a lot of character modding, but it was all just like erotic voices. Oh, which, okay. I mean, that's actually where I started before I started doing audiobooks with, with erotic work. Um, and it's fine. It seems like that's a great way to break into the industry and actually get a lot of skill doing uh, it. You know? I mean, yeah. I mean, I learned <laughs> everything I know about acting through doing erotic audio. Because <laughs> awesome. if I can make the listener believe that I'm into whatever, then <laughs> there you go. That's right. <laughs> Well, folks, you can find Jess's work of all varieties on the internet, we're sure. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. Is there anything you'd like to to plug before we sign off? Uh, thank you for having me. Check out All Options. It's all-options.org or alloptionsprc.org. That's the Indiana-based um, 
building where I run the diaper program, I talk about diapers obsessively and <laughs> half the people in my life wonder if I have some sort of secret diaper fetish. And I'm just, like, <laughs> I'm just going to let you wonder. <laughs> yeah. Um, fantastic. Thanks so much for being on the pod. Thank you. What an episode of podcasting. Wow. Alex, I think that you and I are getting really good at this. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, <laughs> folks, uh, again, if you're interested, check our Twitter, uh, possibly our website for more information. If you're listening to this sort of in real time in 2022, uh, before April starts to raise 35K for uh, the uh, Hoosier, the Hoosier, the Hoosier. All Options Hoosier Abortion Fund, uh, fundraiser for the National Abortion Access Fund. Hoosier, 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 Daddy, and what does he do? <laughs> oh, Alex, tell me about next week, please. We got no guests next week. We're playing Ukraine bundle games. Get well, the fuck out of here. We record things a little bit far in advance, so we're not as agile sometimes. We wanted to make sure to get Jess's episode out before their fundathon started. But the Ukraine bundle just closed down, and we're starting to dip our little toesy woesies into it. Our little piggies. Our, our tiny little piggy uh, pals. A little, uh, dipping little piggies in there. So it's just me, Eric, and Matt. Uh, me, you, and Matt talking all things games. Uh, we're playing Gunhouse by Necrosoft Games, which was uh, Necrosoft Games put together the whole bundle. So we're going to check out their game. Uh, Promesia by Julian Palekos and Skatebird by Glassbottom Meg. Um. So give those a, a if you if you got the Ukrainian bundle and you want to start uh, participating and playing along with us, uh, please do. It's fun. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, old favorites in there, a lot of new favorites, and uh, some hidden gems. So while we dip our piggies, take your piggies out and dip them into. Yeah, the yeah. water's the water's warm. Oh yeah, piggies welcome, plenty for all. Uh, like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review there, please, and track us on the web at Bundle underscore Buddies on Twitter or www.bundlebuddiespodcast.com. That's it. We love ya. I love ya, Alex. I love ya, too. Always have, always will. Okay. Bundle Buddies is produced by Matthew Haddock. Our theme song is Neo Shiki by Roll Music. Email bundlebuddiespodcast at gmail.com to say hi. Hi.